Welcome, welcome, welcome. Wednesday special! <laughs> Should we do the whole, uh, the whole episode in uh, 1940s voices? 1940s yeah. voices. Yeah. Brand new Astra. What a great car. Four <laughs> cylinders. Goes so fast. Zooming so around fast. the box. Grandma will barely be able to hold on to a hairpiece. Do you want to feel like a free man? Buy this car. Yeah. Buy it now. Roll the windows down. Who gives a fuck? Smoke inside with the kids in the back. Seatbelt, <laughs> what's that? Ha ha ha. All righty then. Yeah. <laughs> Another Wednesday special. Uh, we've got uh, Evan's dog, Lucy, in the room. So yep. she's uh, she's our special guest. As she's we do our a, mascot. Yeah, we do an episode here on Animal Law. Which, yeah. Uh, which will be interesting. You I know, know that this will be probably. It's for you, I'll be Lucy. lifting the heavy weights here, but uh, we'll get some good input from you guys. Oh, uh, don't uh, break an arm jerking <laughs> yourself off there, pal. <laughs> I've been saying animal law is a fucking unique zone to be talking about. Oh, my mic just cut out. Oh, uh, that's funny. Oh. No, it's. Uh, oh, you, oh, there, there you go. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a weird zone to know anything about. So if you guys know shit, by fucking all means, come no, on. No, no, a joke, <laughs> obviously. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, I, I it, it was uh, it was kind of a conversation we were having uh, just over our group chat that got us kind of thinking about uh, this topic. You know, uh, fortunately, uh, I think uh, Tristan is applying for something that's yeah. uh, going to be a big move in the animal law community. And you know, I uh, I, I just have a lot of questions. Really, I mean, uh, we kind of got a little dark on that topic. Yeah. Uh, after that, but you can visit uh, that topic if you want. It's yeah, more. I'm, you know? I'm better talking about things like that than putting pen to paper. I don't fucking like ty- typing. Oh, it for out. sure. I, I, just, I, read, I thought it was a joke. I was no, like, oh, he's just no. joking around. Then I read it. I was like, oh, f- yeah. People throw up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, the, the big questions that I have is animal law generally falls under property law. Yep. We kind of talked about that on our uh, upcoming podcast here, and. I'm kind of curious as to, you know, obviously big food plays a huge part of that. Yeah. But like a household animal, like a, a pet, a family pet, why wouldn't we consider that, you know, an individual by law? Uh, a lot of it comes with, like, so law, law does a lot of broad strokes, like within, uh, so like a piece of legislation, for example, will be typically uh take a broad shot at one one specific industry but then it'll be in court and in cases where you get nuances that really come out so the hardest part is when you start with property law like basically to get into the conversation of animal law you actually have to go back to the 1600s because it actually comes from a case where um these two guys i think it was either in in uh england or australia which is always the case with early common law um where two guy, one guy was was chasing a fox around a beach all day for hours, trying to trying to snag it. One guy came by, um, uh, shot him, and then got the like took the fox, shot the fox, took the fox. And the other guy was like, "Well, no, I was in pursuit of it." And then so this was the first like property claim dispute uh, hmm. that that actually hit the records, at least the the first one that we studied in school, and and it's kind of interesting because yeah, I was talking about like. Uh, 
So there was a claim that the state owned the animal because the animal was on uh, like state or 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 crown land, uh, and then there was a dispute that uh, no, once you undertake uh, the endeavor to hunt the 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 animal, the property becomes yours. And then there was the dispute of no, the animal is only yours once you have in fact uh, caught the animal. So there was like that was like we go way back to even just trying to mm. get the first nuances like. What, how do you hold property was the first question, right? Yeah. Like, so, so we got to remember, like, why, why I found law so interesting is because it's a narrative of, of human so- social life. So you get to actually see how human social life crystallized once we had the, the fucking printing press mass produced. Hmm. Right. Because before that rules were there, but you couldn't have actually uh, had a common law system. So just for people who don't understand, a common law is where the, the decisions that were made in the past influences the, the, the decisions in the future. And the higher up uh, the, the court that made that decision, the more influence that that decision will have in future cases. Hmm. So there have to be similarities between them and whatnot. But that's that's the, the bare bones of it. But. Why animal law is particularly interesting is because most trade in uh, like early stage travel and trade and were trading animals while traveling on animals. So we've always had a utility function with animals and they played a massive uh, role in society. Um, Like there's there's records showing that uh, like the common wolf ancestor it w- evolved alongside of us for over 30,000 years. So there's a reason why um, our modern dogs, for example, can emulate certain emotions with their eyebrows um, and why they resemble human babies more than any other animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's because they're playing off of empathy, human empathy, and it's because they evolved to go, oh, shit, I don't have to hunt as much if I hang out with this guy and just give him some eyes every so often, <laughs> right? So it was an evolutionary advantage for them to be cute, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah, so like... Animal law dates back way, way, way fucking all the way back there. And only really recently have we actually been seeing rights going towards animals in terms of non-torturing people. But you got to remember, like, not not like human rights. Like We've done our episode on um, on the fucking studies that were taken out by uh, or carried out by fucking Montreal, uh, that Montreal um, psych ward uh, with help of the CIA on human trials. So like. The overarching idea of anything being like uh, having some sort of sanctity of life or well-being and being worthy of not being abused hasn't really existed in like the common power dynamic. So you're just saying like this doesn't exist, period, like for humans even. Well, a lot of I mean... For not a lot of history, it's not really at I all. I actually <laughs> would say that you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Physical testing, significantly less likely right now, right? And why I think I, things it, like Squid Game are are so popular is because that shows kind of the physical testing idea. That's more or less what we we make mice go through, right? To see what their their selective tendencies are. Are they <laughs> do they learn? Can they would they cooperate together? Would they push someone when stressed? Like like you we would take we would put By the way, a- Squid other, Game fucking excellent fantastic. show. Um, the, I thought the ending sucked. The, the, the biblical references in that too. Like, really did you pick good. up on those? Oh, of like, course. Uh, the, the old guy's number one. Yep. He's four fifty six. Alpha and Omega. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, it was just such a fucking well made show. Yeah, it was really re- really well written. Really good acting outside of the the English actors, and then yeah. um, 
yeah, I didn't like the ending, to be honest, but that's because I'm a dad. Uh, so, I mean, you can infer without spoilers what you want into that. But I don't care about spoilers. I mean, if you well, haven't I, seen Squid Game yet, it's your fault. I mean, you get Netflix. The, the, the <laughs> fact that, that he made the choice not to go see his daughter was more than enough for me to go, fuck you, you didn't learn anything. But Well, Because he wanted, he wanted to go and put on a cape. Ugh. Like, yeah. I get it. I'm that person. So that, I fucking, I hate it. I was going to say, like, that's, that's exactly I, what you do. You'd be like, my daughter can wait. I got to murk these fucks. Like, that That would be you. Yeah, but that I'm not doing that. So I feel like you. that's probably why I hate him for it, is because he's the <laughs> other, he's my other half. Right? No so, shit. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, anyways, absolutely loved it. But why I think that that Squid Game resonated on a global scale is because those are physical trials that people are going through it's why people like shows like survivor and the amazing race and big brother have been on for over 20 years because yeah. people like seeing basically human mouse race yeah. like, uh, like, like the bachelor even i mean yeah it's a fucked up human uh, mouse race yeah well and that and, I mean, and like fuck i i want to be on big brother i applied i actually made it to the finals i know that like the guy rohan who made it into the house he's he made it ahead of me last year i was going to be on big brothers last season so like i want to be on that show more than anything yeah. i love the idea of that but i'd watch not, that that's not yeah oh man fuck you better if i'm in there oh <laughs> i've never even seen big brother i have oh. no idea what the show's about oh it's so much fun i know we'll, they we'll all get into it off the, and they get you know they have competitions it's a yeah. you would i think you would honestly fall in love with it almost immediately just because of the human nature competitiveness side of things yeah but but, but anyways, what i what i'm kind of getting at is actually what's funny is we're no longer putting ourselves well, we still do have physical trials actually like sports for example is another mm -hmm. one but it's only done with the elite the psychological stuff is where they're still testing with us oh yeah right and that's been happening with cell phones for a long time Ours, um with advertisements technology well yeah i mean advertisement <laughs> is the number one but yeah like because they advertise features as as features as opposed to putting us through beta model testing yeah, but which is advertising something, really boils down to where the money's going right well exactly so, right and the money is always going to be going into what is it what's its underlying goal which is manipulation that's, that's all it is yeah right and so like i find that it so yeah it's very new that we see this novel idea and novel concept that things shouldn't be abused but further to that like not just people Right now we're extending it outward. And I mentioned on Friday, but New Zealand is quite a unique country in the fact that they gave personhood to um, their actual river valley system uh, because, or their river system because that it's their freshwater supply. It's incredibly mm -hmm. important to the betterment of their entire population. So they protected it in a very unique legal zone. But that actually goes to show why personhood is so valuable. And you can't actually talk about animal law without talking about corporate law and it's interesting because that actually goes to show how capitalism works in opposition to animal law and so you mentioned the food industry that's one of the one of the main ones but it's actually corporations have been granted personhood long before animals have been mm -hmm. and in fact, a lot of the time, because corp because we live in a financial system that requires money in order to enforce our rights, corporations actually, on average, have more rights than the average citizen, <clears throat> mostly because we can't enforce them. So we have theoretically right. We have theoretical rights, mm -hmm. but they don't actually exist. If someone's imposing on you, it's yeah. going to cause... Like, a good example is the difference between wage theft and theft, right? Like you steal from your employer, the police get involved and it's dealt with immediately. There's no like he said, she said, right? Whereas your employer steals from you and if you make any positive moves to try and get them to do it, you're still going to be the first one to have uh, cops oh, visit absolutely. you. Oh, absolutely. Right? So 
the the way that the system is upheld is very um, outside of balance. We don't have power on an individual level, mm-hmm. right? And we should. We should have way more. Mm-hmm. We really and, should, right? You know, that's that's I think where the state still might have it right because you know I, I hate to say it, but a lot of these luxuries we have uh, are, are very vulnerable, yeah. and they can easily disappear. Like solar flare, no satellites. Yep. <laughs> you know that that fucking crazy space radiation yeah. you were talking about. Uh, no fucking power. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, no internet. But for people who have full smart setups, but, like. But no here's power. the thing. I mean that that would immediately put us back to the wild west, and ultimately that's where the individual had the most freedom. I hate to say it. Not really, though, right? Like It was what they could do and what they could produce. But it's produce. from your perspective of a six-foot-six six man. Oh, absolutely it right? is. Right? <laughs> so the average six-foot-six six man had more freedom. The average five-foot-one woman or or a disabled veteran or disabled anyone, for that matter, or child but or, you know, uh, or elderly that's, person. That's where the saying so, goes, man. But we're saying then that's 80, per, 80 to 90% of the population. Cold made them equal. <laughs> I, I don't... Oh, God, no. But, well, uh, that's the truth, man. Because it's it's not going to be the government protecting your ass when this all falls apart. It's well, going to be your damn self. But it's not. So the the government, the government in this scenario is just a reflection of our collective will. Because if they don't do it, we can just fucking kill them all. Because the rules have gone mm-hmm. right. Which means that <clears throat> if now we have that full control over it, we can just exert that control, and they can give us what we fucking yeah. need. But right. He, but, but here's the thing. I think the only situation where animals are ever going to get the same rights as humans is if this system fails and we have to have a new one. Because uh, torturing animals is just written in to our society by how we eat, by how we consume. But it's all written into the lack of regulations that have been imposed on businesses and the fact that we don't have livable wages. I agree with that. Because the the reason we need to torture animals is because we need to produce them faster, which by by default will result in torture. But the reason we have to produce them faster or in higher quantity is so that we can produce them for a lower cost. The reason Mm -hmm. we have to produce them for a lower cost is because the end user has less money. The reason the end user has less money is because their employers are actually filtering more money out of their end user or their employees than they've ever had before. And the reason they're doing that is because there's no fucking regulations (laughs) on these fucking wealth people and it's all connected right like is, they're, and they're is. directly connected and i i, I agree <clears throat> i mean we gotta like the, you, you really kind of spoke with me last week uh on our podcast about you know basically china and apple being the same yeah and you know it, it kind of opened my eyes a bit but you know I, I also look at it this way where are they breaking all these laws what people are they abusing people who didn't have power well that's exactly it people uh. who's who live in systems where they got their power taken away from them at the end of the day, factory reset mode, I'd rather be in a system where I can own firearms, I can do you know, basically enough to protect myself should yeah. the system fail. And, you know, I th- the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the only time and place I see an animal having the same value as a human is if all this luxury and all this bullshit collapses. Because ultimately, we'll have to go back to a society where... You have to treat your horse right. You have to treat your uh, your your, uh, your cattle right. You have to maintain them as you'd maintain yourself because that's your livelihood at that point. And the only the only way we can forget about all these luxuries and actually focus on the rights of these animals is if all those luxuries don't exist. Well, it's because interesting. We're not going to give up 
cheap leather interior on our fucking vehicles. Oh, I want the dead animal interior and the fucking but that doesn't uh, change dinosaur anything. Like, fucking. Like, and it's just. But it's it's actually you don't two things. One, we, mm-hmm. animals don't need the same amount of rights as humans in order to thrive. I completely so, agree. So but. that that what they need to do is be prevented from systemic and systematic abuses by humans. But that's exactly it. It's systemic. So, well, yeah, yeah. So, but that's not the same thing, like as saying that they need to be treated with uh, the utmost respect. It doesn't mean that we don't still farm, for mm-hmm. example. No, I, right? I agree. But what I'm saying is, like, let's say let's say we need um, three million cows. Uh, every year to be slaughtered and in canada there's what two three dozen factories that are doing it mm-hmm. right and we now know that there is a disproportionate amount of money being made by the top people and when you only have two three dozen factories that means that there's only going to be two three dozen people who are actually making a decent amount and then there's going to be uh 50 to 100 workers beneath them in each of those factories making less than what they should be making Right. Let's just we don't know how much less could be five bucks, could be fifty thousand dollars, but they're making less than they should because they're being milked by this hyper efficient system. Let's call it. We could actually spread that out and have instead of a few dozen, uh, have a few hundred places still farming, more people working and actually making having less of that luxury side so they're not making as much per capita but everybody's making more the animals are being treated better we're actually we're actually at the same time helping the environment because we're not having to ship them as much which granted methane production through uh through cows is normally the bigger issue but shipping costs is uh, is still a massive issue especially in canada where we're frozen for a good portion of the year and so you have to keep things heated if you have to transport animals that are alive Right. Which actually, for the record, for people who think that Canada is anywhere near the top on the planet, the way we treat animals is the worst in the developed world, the worst in the world. We are worse than the United States when it comes to animal protections. Our animal transportation laws are the worst there is it on average. Um, for us to get uh, a high quality, healthy chicken at like our end table, uh, like a, a piece of chicken breast, let's say, the chicken should not have been traveling for less than 12 hours. And on that 12 hours should have access to food and water, right? On average, our chickens, A, don't have heat in any of them most of the time when they show up at their processing factories they're frozen to the sides of the fucking uh uh trucks that are bringing them there they have no food or water that's actually by design in the system and they travel for an average of 26 hours so more than double the what we know to be the ideal end for us to have to put in uh fewer um uh antibiotics uh to have to use fewer processing tools for the animals we're actually creating an inefficient system mm-hmm. and we're creating one that produces more high wealth in smaller concentration. So we can actually change it just by dissipating the current system and going, no, your factory farm has to be split up between X amount of people and you don't, you no longer get to isolate. We have to kill these big corps. Like we just have to. Right. And, and it shouldn't be so difficult for the Canadian government because they're heavily invested. Like, no, I get it. But the, the, the argument's going to be the big corps are feeding the population. Yeah, but they're doing it ineffectively. Right. Like if if we realize you, you that you don't need more people that they can compete with, you just need to regulate what the fuck they're doing. But it's not I even mean, more it's, people it's, that they can compete with. You, you like, can't you can't put a heater in that truck in a fucking food dish out like that's not going to it's not going to affect their bottom line all that much. Well, yeah, but you know, socializing the system 
it, that's going to collapse. I mean, it, it, you've read Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. There's that part of the story where they start enforcing all these regulations on the, uh, I think it was a uh, engine manufacturing company. And they were talking to this worker and he was like, when a guy used to get pregnant, we'd have a celebration, right? But I mean, yeah, that's that's never happened. You, you know, yeah. no, when a guy's family, like when his wife, <laughs> oh, okay. no, when, oh, Jesus, I meant I meant guys in like <laughs> I know, I know, I just had an in. Sorry, I didn't mean it's to throw good. you off. It's all good. But when uh, when 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 a man was it's about to have a, a a kid yeah. uh, with his family, um, <laughs> it, it was a celebration. But when they enforced all these socialist mandates of you need to enforce this. You need to have this. You need to have this, and everybody needs to be paid the same. And there was a lot of corruption as a result. You know, guys would literally get their wives pregnant just to get the time off to get the dough. And the the thing is, the more regulations you bring in, the more ways you can work around the regulations. So come up, you so know. How do you so, want? How do you want them to put a heater in their truck? You just well, want them to? But that's the thing. You, you stem it with one regulation instead of having to socialize the whole thing and have more competition in that. Okay, so... You know, like, it, it, cruelty is cruelty. I'm not advocating that. I'm saying but, there shouldn't be frozen chickens on the side of the fucking um, <laughs> truck. No, there's, no, no, no. Fair, know? I, I one agree. heater. Bam. Problem solved. You know? Okay, like, but then we also... And, and then also double the trucks because we need to have, instead of 26-hour travel time, 12-hour travel time. Right? Like, so they're not going to do that. There's no incentive for them. So you either have to give them a subsidy to a, to incentive, like a carrot or a stick. There's yeah. one or the other. That's what regulations are. That's where right? these so, guys should use the media. But if we have and... to do a carrot or a stick, wouldn't it be better for us to just own both the carrot and the stick and produce it ourselves, especially since we already know that they get all these carrots? No, if, if you value efficiency and you value, you know, anti-cruelty, sometimes anti-cruelty is impossible with the efficiency. So you need to de- redesign the system. Yeah, but and, that's what I'm talking about is like, I'm not saying that we have to socialize the system in order to create micro farming. I'm saying micro farming would solve the problem. I agree. And the private industry has no interest in doing it because they have to actually cut their own risk to do it because the decision maker is the guy who has his bloated salary. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the one we need to get the fuck out of the way so that we can <laughs> take his salary and divide it amongst more workers. So he's the decision maker. He's not going to do that. We, we need to cut his head off. We don't, like, that's, like, that's really what we need to do. Uh, I, 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 let's, I don't want to get into this. I want to stay on animal law. But that's, um, it, it's somewhat, it's hard to escape animal law on that one. Like, if we're talking about how, how animals are treated, it's a corporate structure that so keeps it that way. Now, there's saying, a religion side of it that's very interesting. You're saying you need, like, a religion side to side. One, one thing at a time, man. Holy shit. Well, no, it's like <laughs> um, halal is a very interesting one. Oh so God, religion does play anyway. into it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, just, I just wanted to touch on that one point. Yeah. You know, it's not that I don't want to talk about the religious side no, no, no. of meat production. It's just essentially what you're saying to solve this issue is that these big uh, meat companies, essentially you need a coup d'etat, kill the guy in the top and, you know, trickle the money down to the middle management workers because... In, in in your mind, anyway, those are the guys that are doing everything, right? No, so you need to diversify they, the the. I'm just know, trying to get a handle on that because so so I was kind of the the reason why I started with a round number like three million cows that we need to produce every year is because sure. you can divide it up if uh, so so let's say we only have three farms right now just for simplicity and math right so one million on each farm right okay 
Now, the the top level guy who owns the company who owns these three farms is going to be making a stupid amount of money despite doing almost nothing, right? That's typically well, how, how did those, he get the farms? So typically through buying people out, suppressing them. If we look actually through how farm ownership and farm uh, uh, expropriation, corporate expropriation has happened, it's normally been through patented products. So um, there's a... Uh, um, Oh, what the fuck is their name? The the spraying company that's insanely huge globally. Um, they're uh, Monsanto. So Monsanto, uh, Monsanto's former CEO is the head of the FDA. Another one, their their former CFO is now uh, on the Supreme Court in the United States. Um, Monsanto has been taking family farms from people forever because what they did was they actually put a, um, on their crop spray, they put a, a specific dye that can be seen through satellite images, and then they would file lawsuits because they know that their uh, their crops would blow in the wind. Then they would follow, file lawsuits against any farmer who was growing those crops because the wind would blow it there, but they could see it through satellites and the farmers had no defense. So even if they could survive the lawsuit, they would be devastated financially by the lawsuit. And then the, the Monsanto would go and buy them up uh, um, from the banks. So it was a weird collusion between the banks and big corporation Monsanto for a lot of the spraying. So if we're looking at like wheat, corn, hmm. all of the millet, all of those grains in North America, it's typically run by Monsanto. Um, and so what we actually have a hard time understanding, especially in Alberta, where we've grown up. Alberta is such a unique zone because they grow up praising the hard workers, but they've never actually looked behind the curtain to make sure that the workers are still the same people. Because it used to be that the oil workers were there was a lot of them and they were working their asses off and they were making good money. And then there were farmers and there were a lot of them and they were uh, they were working their asses off. And they're making good money. We still hold oil workers and farmers to the same regard but there are not a lot of them and they're not making good money and and oh, uh, in the oil <laughs> they're, and, they're doing or, sorry, fine or sorry Steve. the they're, oil workers there's not a lot fine. of them but the 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 bottom end guys are yeah sorry they're still doing fine the top end guys are making a stupid amount of money yeah. but there's not a lot of middle crew anymore so mm-hmm. they're no it's no longer an economic engine and farming no longer an economic engine because again all of those profits that were helping the community by paying hundreds of thousands of people's salaries are now paying 12 people's salaries. So it's, but we, we, we forgot to look behind the curtain. We just keep giving them blind praise, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a huge issue with the way that our system's been designed and why marketing is always going to be the thing that I look at as the, big, the biggest issue. Because we even see this now of policing, right? Where, oh, the police, like, there, there's the thin blue line, policing's part of my, like, it's built through the military and all this, as if policing today is the same as it was 60, 70 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Where... Now, it's not like cops are walking their beat, right? They're, they're sitting, enforcing traffic laws that prohibit you from being on a cell phone while driving on a laptop. These are, th- this is not the same kind of, and they're not putting themselves in the same danger that they were in before. I, I, no, I, and, I, I'm sorry, man. I got I to gotta disagree with you there. That, that, that there there's, there's a lot of violent crime that they put up with. In the and United that, States, hundred percent. Oh, in Canada too. I mean, it's not just traffic laws they're enforcing. It's a lot of domestics. There's some it's, domestics. It, for there's sure. a lot. Of I'm not saying they are not and, working a dangerous job. I'm mm-hmm. saying it is not as dangerous as it once was. You have surveillance. We have protocols of multiple people. You have so much more ammunition and protection, and so many more devices to keep you safe. You have cameras to keep everything in. Cameras, CCTV, fucking 
everywhere. Yeah, but like in Canada, a camera's not going to stop a bullet, man. So, and so we know how many fucking CPD, like Calgary police, uh, police officers kill people every year, right? And then yeah. we know we know how many Toronto kill. Uh, so, so Calgary kills uh, more than double the rate of Toronto, despite having half the population, right? Mm-hmm. But we, but one stat I didn't throw out there. Do you know how many fucking uh, RCMP officers are killed in Canada every year? Don't know. And I'm going to start with the only acceptable number is zero. So I'm not saying this to like be like, like oh man, none of them are dying, so it's not dangerous. But between, between six and seven, it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. There's not a massive, like, they, well, there, yeah, there's a lot of, there, it's something to still be afraid of for sure. And that there, it is a difficult job. What I'm saying is that it's not as difficult as it once was. That it's not, it's also not to say that it's not hero, but it used to be way more domestic stuff. Now they're not enforcing as much domestic stuff because the domestic stuff for the most part isn't their job. It's not in their jurisdiction, right? Like they're going after corporate enforcement. They're doing after major crimes. Property crimes is the number one response. Drugs are another one, right? Which again, typically tie into property, Mm -hmm. right? Except for in the United States where it's a weird corporate zone where like states have contracts with prisons where they have to have a minimum population present and so they have to pass laws to get more prisoners in order to not default on their their contracts with prisons very very disgusting if you ever want to jump into something no I've, I've seen that documentary yeah. there, man it's fucked and it shouldn't that shouldn't exist but like to tie it all back to animal law and like the the way like a good example of where people's ideals are and what they think the the laws are to how it actually works is looking back at the 2011 Olympics because I don't know if you remember did you but did you guys ever hear anything about the dog sledding team in Whistler no I didn't no okay no. No. so there was a company in Whistler that had hired uh that had started like dog sledding tours right mm-hmm. so they had I think 20 some odd huskies um and they were they were giving tours during the Olympics Olympics stop they're no longer giving tours they make their minimum wage employee, they dig, dig a pit, throw the Huskies in, and take shotguns at them. Yeah. What the fuck? Shotguns to the head. Yeah. In a pit. In Whistler. This happened in Canada following 2011. You know what the crime was? Forcing him to do something that was against his contract. <laughs> so we have a very, very divided view of what should be and what is. Because they were just disposing of property. Wow. That, they didn't even try to put them up for adoption? No, or? nothing. They didn't have to. It was their property. They didn't have Get to. It, but that's, exactly. That's just, that's just wrong. In order know? to stop that, the, the efficiency model, the bottom line efficiency model, not the end user efficiency model, because that's the ideal of capitalism. And we don't have So that. the employee didn't do it. He did. And he faced tremendous trauma afterwards and then sued for his mental health reasons uh did he win yeah thank but that's what i said the only the only successful charge against him was actually putting the person uh his employee into a dangerous situation there was also a claim of suffering because one dog uh was still alive writhing in the pit yeah so like Last week when we were texting, when I said like animal law cases, like it brought me to my knees is because you don't realize like what Canadians do to animals. And then further to that, the what, how little enforcement there is. Like the, wor- the worst case I read, not just because of the torture of the animal. And this is, this is, th- it was the worst because of how common it was. So 
I'll just give you the the, the broad strokes of what this was. Just, but just in, paint in, it. Yeah. So in Manitoba, a woman gets a dog. Um, she lives by herself, and she's got a big yard. Uh, yeah. And it's a puppy, three months old. Puts it in the backyard. Puts a collar on it. Puts a and chains it to a pole. Um, nine months later, uh, animal bylaw comes by, sees a dog writhing in pain in the yard, and has to put it down, euthanized. The end result is that the collar is embedded into its neck. It's uh, it's, fear, it's severely um, uh, dehydrated, severely underfed, but quite literally the bones around his neck had embedded into the collar. Um, what they find out was that the lady had never once given food or water to the dog chained it and left it there and sued her neighbor because the neighbor had one time given the dog a treat and said that, no, the dog had, uh, had been getting fed by the neighbor. So that was her defense. Now she was on welfare. She was charged with animal cruelty. Um, I'll take, I'll, I'll let you guys both take a guess at what you think the final fine and penalty was. Um, hundred bucks and two weeks community service. Adam? Uh, I, I, yeah, I have no idea. Probably something close to that. $500 to be paid over two years because she's on welfare. It'll be paid by the taxpayers and a five-year prohibition on owning animals. Oh, that's it? No community service. Oh, my God. That's, that's, the, like average, that's the average turnout on these cases. This is what you see on a regular basis. I told you <sighs> the darkest one that I read in happened? criminal well, just, law. Just, just, just hold on, hold on, before we yeah. make me want to throw up. Uh, jeez. Uh, what, uh, what happens if she got another dog within that five years? What would the, like, I'm sure you've read a few cases of, you know, these chronic abusers. So what happens? They would either force the dog, the dog would either be forced put down, but it would get taken from her. Um, and then she would face another fine. She would then appeal that fine based off of the fact that she doesn't have the finances for it. Um, and then it would probably get tacked onto an existing one, but the court will then give her an extended time to pay it off. Where's she getting money for all these dogs? Exactly. That's my question. Well, we don't, this is a hypothetical where she got a second dog. No, I know, but where did she get money for the first dog? I mean, on welfare, like who... I mean, a lot of the time you can just open the newspaper and go do- free dog, right? Like, I mean, that, and as, especially in rural Manitoba, but true, true. like, again, and that's a lack of regulations on breeding. So and you, and you said that happens a lot. Yeah, it's pretty common. Like bre- breeding is another one where, you know, we talk about how animals like, like people talk about, like they always want to vilify pit bulls. Pit bulls aren't the most aggressive. German shepherds are and Dalmatians were because they were overbred because of 101 Dalmatians in the early 90s, late 90s. They were the most aggressive by far. But it goes there. There's always really? cycles. Yeah, it's whatever dog's the most popular is going to be the most aggressive because they get inbred. That's 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 been the case for so long. So I it's almost always cop Interesting. dogs. Interesting. So right now it's German shepherds because hmm. cop dogs. So so you'll start seeing now German shepherds. You'll notice have uh, crazy arches in their backs because they're inbred to the point where they can't do anything. Inbred into the point where they can't do anything. But uh, hmm. yeah. So basically, the way that that we've approached animals and and dealt with the the health and how they interact with us has been i think too much freedom because we actually allow two fucking uneducated idiots with an a collective iq of 110 <laughs> in rural nowhere like just set up a cube for two animals to fuck and then and then sell 
sell based off that. So what features are they correct, correcting for? Nothing, right? It's not natural selection. They're doing whatever they want. And this is how we get aggressive animals. And this is how we get inbred animals because they go, well, yeah, they're sisters and his nose might be a little off to the left, but I can make an extra 1200 bucks this month. <laughs> like it doesn't, like the problem is if you don't regulate these idiots, they're going to find a way to do twi- Try 12 grand, man. Well, yeah, depending on you, what you're you getting. You should see some, like my, uh, my father-in-law, um, he just adopted a puppy. And I, I you know, I was kind of, I was kind of like Ray. Why don't Why don't you just go adopt one? Yeah, you know, like there's, like there's plenty of dogs out there. You can teach a dog new tricks. I don't. I hate that whole. Oh, you can't teach an old dog new. Yeah, you can. Yep. It's just you're not patient enough. You'd rather have the control up front. But it's just that vanity thing again, you know. But I I, I kind of asked him. I said, Well, why did you need to spend like you know whatever he spent, probably yeah. two grand or whatever, on this puppy? And you know, he he wanted a hunting dog, and he's he really likes Britneys, but just watching the video, you know, when you went to pick uh, the puppy up, there's all these, uh, you know, puppies jumping around and that. Yeah. And it's in this like, trailer park. Yeah. And well, I'm just, I'm just like, who, who's... These don't have, these people don't have a background in biology or in any yeah, kind no, of like it's, canine it's like, knowledge. I, 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 the, the breeder's a good guy. He's not a bad breeder. They're like, I want, I want to get that out there right now. Like, uh, the guy he bought the dog from, he bought his previous dog from. Yeah. You know, and he he runs a clean operation, but it's what a clean operation is. And how do we know that he runs a clean operation? All we know is that the end result of his last dog was not a fucking diseased animal, but we don't know that he runs a clean operation. Like the that's the the what I have a problem with in animal industry is the same the same thing I have a problem with if we were to do no regulations in restaurants. I don't trust your marketing, so I have to trust that our government is setting up food inspections and putting in regulations that make sure your standards are met to a minimum, which is why I don't like, like going out for a cheap meal in the States means something very different than going out for a cheap meal in another country, especially if you're looking like South Asian country, cheap meal in the States could fucking kill you. Mm. Like, right. You're not, you're not looking for someone who's just like, like basically that they have the highest and lowest standards in, in uh, the United States. But like, I've watched enough kitchen nightmares and restaurant uh, 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 impossibles to know that I'm not going to ever trust. Like they don't, they don't even need to be a certified. They don't have to be taught in anything to be a chef, to be a restaurateur. We've talked about their debts, where they can go into like two million dollars in debt for a fucking like five thousand square foot restaurant, like that that <laughs> yeah. has never seen profit. And you're like, where? Who's giving you these these loans? It doesn't make sense. Uh, that's that's but, that's exactly right. So I mean, I see the same issue with the the whole animal. Uh, breeding side of things with a lack of regulations the end products are a question mark it's not to say that they're always going to be bad it's just you can't trust them you don't know yeah, yeah right? no and even even a licensed breeder like um the guy my uh, uh father-in-law went to yeah. it's just like i i i don't get the demand is there yeah it, it's it's complete vanity and yeah. the fact that like you said, in the 90s, it was the Dalmatians, and then it was the Pitbulls, and now it's the fucking German Shepherds. Yeah. That's human demand. And here's the thing. The reason why humanity in, the, in history struggles with slavery again and again and again, like you'll have a very profitable society, you know, obviously with all the technologies that we have now, yeah. but a prosperous society for their time, and you'll still have slavery. And it all ties into how we treat animals as well. Because if we're okay looking at animals as property, all of a sudden the guy with the most power will see other things as property. Yep. 
And that's, that's, that's the issue. It needs to stop at the source. It needs to, like you said, I think you don't need to cut the guy's head off like you were saying, but I think that government should step in and single plastics and um, the torture of animals, the, the cruelty that undergoes the transportation, as you stated, these are all things that they should mandate is not okay. Well, and I if think you can't kind make of a like, buck, then go fuck yourself. Well, and I think you can tie it to what I mentioned with New Zealand, where you can say this is our natural resources. Mm-hmm. This is what Canadians need long-term success we need our water system right that's a huge thing but we also need our animals our ecosystem to to work in tandem bees are a huge thing globally right Mm -hmm. when we talk about farming bees is a huge issue and monsanto is at the center of it as well um they're actually patenting their own bee which is yeah an electronic bee no it's it's a genetically mutated one um Yeah. I don't like that sound of things. Oh, especially when Ugh. you realize that they can't actually give birth to other ones, so you have to keep buying new colonies from them. So, yeah, they make them sterile. So, th- but this is that's this is how you that's the that's where capitalism wants to go is control all those things and we have to fight back like you said, we need government to step in and go like Fuck, there's a few things you don't get to control. Yeah. Like we need we need we need some stuff. Like air. Air's great. We fucking need it. Without yeah. it, we we don't exist anymore. Yeah, well, without it, you're in total recall. They're shutting the air off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eyes <laughs> popping out of nowhere. Yeah. But oh, oh man. Good old Schwarzenegger movies. Classic man. Yeah. But uh but yeah. I saw that movie way too young. Oh yeah, me too. My dad oh. loved it. That Running my, Man. My dad too. Yeah, Running Man. That's another another one. one that's dark yeah. as shit. Like yeah. basically Running Man is very similar to Squid Game, right? Is it is it, it not in it, my it's, mind? No, I, it's almost identical. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, you're absolutely right. Complete yeah. it's the systems like uh, I think Running Man's a little more corrupt and on the out in the onset. Yeah. Because like Squid Game's like you're in debt now we own you bitch like whereas Running well, Man and they was all like, did it by their own volition that was my favorite part yeah. about Squid Game was it was like terms and conditions like well you signed the contract yeah right and then we let you go if you decided like you we played by your we played by the contract rules we have mm-hmm. a clause you can get out of this clause if you wanted to did you guys do it yeah you did oh we have another in clause if you want cool you guys want to do it like it's like what I loved about Squid Game what they did so perfect was they actually played they showed how democracy means nothing in desperate times right Hmm. if you're desperate you're no longer making smart democratic moves you're making short-term uh uh, democratic moves what they did was they showed that if you make people desperate they won't think about the long-term benefits for themselves they're Mm -hmm. going to look at short-term benefits only and they will put themselves in a higher degree of risk the one thing that That actually i never even thought about that till i said it there yeah that's that's why we love the podcast man (laughs) but it it, the, the one thing that got me on that show was they all left after the first episode. They they, they, they voted. Yeah. The old guys said, okay, done. And then they all went home and they had their freedom back. Yeah. But their freedom sucked. Well, so yeah. they would rather put themselves back in that situation. And that, 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 that episode broke my brain. Because I was just like... The only place you can point the finger at is capitalism. Yeah. It, that's it. That's 100%. It. Well, because and, they were like... like there's a Rick and Morty quote. Like I haven't seen Rick and Morty, and I know that that's like the biggest offense I've ever had for you. But uh, you got to uh, watch but, it. 
But I, yeah, and I'm going to. But I, I'll, tra- I, I've, I'll, I'll trade you my logins for Netflix for my movie. But anyway, that's, that's there, all good. There's a quote that I've seen, and it's a clip where what's the old, the old guy is Rick or Morty? Yeah, yeah Rick. Yeah. Rick. Okay, so yeah, he's and he's talking to the young kid, and the young kid's explaining cap or, or someone's explaining capitalism to him, and he just goes, "That just sounds like slavery with more steps," <laughs> and that is exactly what it's like. It, it just. <laughs> It, the Squid Game. Ooh, la la, someone's gonna get laid in college. Squid Game was a coin flip, right? So that was what it was. It was like it wasn't fifty fifty, in fact, but it, but it was significantly less. It was a point two five percent, point zero two point two five percent chance of well, making it. Th- that episode is actually a really cool episode because essentially uh, Rick's car battery stops working. Okay. And uh, Rick and Morty fuck off inside the battery because it's got a microverse in it. Yeah. Uh, where he's developed sentient life and basically give them the power of electricity. And he basically puts all these guys on Google boxes where they're walking and it, it the, the electricity it creates powers their society, but the bulk majority of it goes into the volcano to be destroyed, but it's actually powered his car. Yeah. Right. So he goes into this to battery to figure out how to, how to fix it and goes to the president and he flies in, puts these fucking antennas on his head and yeah. pretends to be an alien. Right. <laughs> it's, it's the best. And he goes down this slow ramp and the president's there. They're all high five and oh, Rick's back. Oh, Rick, we've developed a new way to process energy. That's, He's like, well, yeah, that's why I came here. Like, what's going on? Right. And there's a scientist on this teeny verse planet that invite, in, invented a Teenyverse that's powering the his this, this this this, this so basically it's like every every of these teenyverses had a guy like Rick who developed uh, a fucking smaller version right yeah. so they go down like four four levels right <laughs> and the guy like figures out like his whole existence is bullshit and like crashes his ship into the fucking side of the mountain and strands them in this teenyverse right yeah. which is like inside the microverse which is uh, outside his car his car yeah. battery right. So they're like three fucking universes deep and they're just like explaining like how this all happened. Uh, you know, and the, the, when they're flying into the planet the first time, just him and Morty, you know, landing. And he's just like explaining how the system all works. And he's like, that just sounds like slavery with extra steps. Yeah. 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 So it's a good episode, though. There's like, I think you'd really like that that show because it makes you think. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, th- I know I would like it. It's all, it's honestely, it's just the extra steps in, <laughs> in, involved in watching it. Yeah. But uh but yeah, so my, my 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 main purpose there was just to to jokingly show like yeah like it it does kind of like in the end become just slavery with extra steps. The reason they wanted to opt back in is because they had a higher percent chance of winning of yeah. actually getting out of it. Maybe not a higher percent chance. Actually, it was a more actually this this might be fascinating. I think that they're like, so it was one in 400 got to survive and win, right? 400 people were in? No, 456. Five, yeah, 456. Sorry. So one out of 456 people were in or get to win. So you're roughly point. And nowhere in the rules did it say that only one person can win. No. So you could have potentially all won, but yeah. Well, no, half the people that lost the squid game would lose. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, yeah. like, if you had a group of twenty people going into that, ten would win. Yeah. Right? So at but the at the at the most, you would have half. It was it was it was the human intervention of them killing each other. Yeah. Actually, really... no, because the stone game would have also uh, clipped half. Yeah. So, so you... let's say the most you would have had is close to probably fifty. 
Yeah. But 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 either way, right? Like let's say let's say it's fifty, so you have a one in uh, less than five uh, or one in yeah five chance roughly. Yeah, right? that or, bridge or, that bridge. No, sorry, forty five. Sorry, it'd be one in eight chance or one in nine chance, depending. But yeah, yeah. So one in nine chance on Survivor. I think I think in that case, yeah, you actually have a significantly better chance of of getting some money in Squid Game. Probably not enough to pay off your debt if you're dividing it between fifty. Yeah. Right. So let's just say let's keep it at the one. Right, and let's reduce it to four hundred just for the math purposes. So you have a 025 percent chance of making it. I would venture that outside in reality, your chances of avoiding death are probably in a similar percentage, which is why you chose that because they have like millions of bot worth of debt, and they were being chased by people, which is why they opted in the first place. Right. Fair, fair. So, so I actually think that what was interesting was Skid, Squid Game gave them a very direct like if you saw a counselor and they said step one do this step two do this step three do this if you survive all of these steps you're out of it and the percentage of surviving all those steps was still the same or you can go into a system with no guidance and have the same percentage chance of winning and that's capitalism mm-hmm. and i find that very interesting that in squid game the reason why it was actually more attractive was because it was actually easier to understand what you needed to do to win. Hmm. It's harder to know what you need to do to win. When you're already in debt, what do you do? All they knew how to do was what they've always done. So that's why everybody who had uh, finally got a few bucks went back to gambling. They All of them. Because that's all they knew how to do. Mm-hmm. Right? So I found it very interesting that mm-hmm. actually it was the guidance that the game gave them. <clears throat> this is how you get out of debt. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll show you how. Yeah. You have the same chances of dying, but we're going to show you how to get out of it. <laughs> like, I, I find that su- super you know, fascinating. I, I, I think they'd have less chances of dying if they dying, left. Dying, yeah. But you know, that's that's the thing. It, it's 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 the idea, and the, the the one the one episode that really got me, and like I kind of scratched my head at that that guy that could like tell the difference in the glass. Yeah, like he had that marble. Why didn't yeah. he just fucking whip it at the glass? Because the, the other one would have shattered yeah. if he whipped a fucking marble at it. And the other one would have been fine. But he just tossed it to listen. Like, he didn't think. That, oh, yeah. That's, that's where I was at. I was like, you need another marble? No, you wasted it, you idiot. Like, well, there's a, there was a lot of those moments, though. Yeah, like, like yeah. fucking, I saw that the country of Pakistan wasn't happy with their representation because a guy like Ali didn't even think to check in his pouch. Like, he was the most fucking gullible person ever. But... Uh, regardless, I think like to tie it back to like we we've kind of gone all over, but yeah. why we've gone all over is because and how it links to Squid Game is those people were basically seen as chattel; they were seen as fucking seen property, as property, yeah. right? And it was a game to watch them go, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you can even look at sports. Only in the last twenty years, if we look to our athletes and gone, we should make sure that they're not like getting super hurt, right? Like mm-hmm. before that, concussions didn't matter, and still in the NFL, none, no, no injuries matter, right? The NFL is like they're they're still old school, fucking gladiator, moron style approach. Their contracts are the most abusive of all for all athletes. They treat their athletes like animals. So if you don't know, like if you get if you get an injury in any other uh, professional sports league, um, your contract still pays you out. It just doesn't hit your your team salary cap. So the owner still has to pay you, but does it? You just you like you just sit out because you're injured until you're healthy again Mm. um in the nfl if you're injured if you miss any games regardless of the reason you don't get paid (laughs) so there's a literal incentive to play through injuries so the average (laughs) lineman loses nine years of life for every season he plays in the fucking nfl i believe it man and the amount of drugs they pump through these guys like painkillers oh yeah because they're playing with broken knuckles all the time the like their fingers and toes are always broken 
Fuck, man. Like, it's insane. But it's yeah. because they just constantly have to play through pain because but otherwise they're they don't they're going to throw it is, oh, you're in the show. You're making millions. But that's what I mean is, like, it, the interesting thing is, like, you can logic with those people, which I don't think that that's reasonable either. Is, but you can't convince an animal that that what they're doing is uh, like like a fucking prize bull, for example. Yeah. Like, yeah, he gets to f- fuck whatever stud he wants. He's still getting uh, arrows jammed to the back of his neck, right? Like, it's true, man. So it's fucking studs. Yeah, like, but this is that's the. I think that we actually were. I think animal what you're laws on the evolving with saying, athlete law. I think what you're on the precipice <laughs> of saying is that business is essentially. Um, creating us as the property. Yeah. Right? Well, because we've we always been entertainment, them, right? You know, and it's it, yeah, we're either entertainment or uh, or or labor. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really it. But the the thing is, the thing I struggle with is those those guys all went there by choice. Well, so you know? the, the Squid Game actually has a, a predecessor out of North America, filmed in Calgary in the early two thousands with one of my favorite actors, uh, Mr. Bean. You ever see the movie Rat Race? Yeah, I yeah. Don't think I have. No. So the premise is they go to the they're they're at the Villaggio, I think, in uh, in Vegas, and um, and these wealthy people are all watching the um the cameras and they give a golden key to the biggest losers the people who have the most money lost there and the key uh is to a locker on the other side of the country that uh contains like a million dollars of prize money something like that and and so they go yeah the first person there wins you just have to hold this key and make it and they give it to all these different groups and the 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 wealthy people then shut down the airport so then these people have to like struggle and find a way to fucking race there. So it's it's a very similar idea minus the murdering side of things, mm. right? But the idea of wealthy people making us their entertainment for fun and incentivizing us to do it, right? That is a microcosm of what we've seen for a long time and it's what we what's what athletes are, it's what entertainment is, but the reason why entertainers and athletes are don't feel like animals is because they're paid like executives and treated like animals so it's very it's a weird world the one thing that got me about squid game too the vips were all betting oh yeah on who was gonna win yeah like they're literally decisions away from being in the exact same situation as the people they're betting on yep and who knows if those vips even played in the game before they didn't even touch on that no that's a really cool thing they could. So here's what know, I, I told Sarah right at the end of the season, season one is I was like, if I'm, if I'm showrunner and I'm doing season two, I wait 10 years. And the reason I wait 10 years is because now we're following, uh, Jihoon, uh, or, uh, was it, uh, what was his name? The Jihoon? The, no, that's the main guy. Um, the, the shitty dude's son, uh, the guy, the guy who died last, um but anyways this the the guy or, or sorry not not the son the, that was the sister the north korean kid that uh, that he pulled out of the uh, and oh, then yeah, gave yeah, it to yeah, the yeah. mom yeah that kid so that kid becomes a gambler because we just show that it's actually the mom's way of life that produces a gambler because she puts pressure on her kid which is exactly how how her former son her, her son who passed away would have been so we see this kid actually then gets the card right goes to the squid game but lo and behold what we didn't see is in the last 10 years and why he turned around is jihoon is now the black mask or he's one of the he VIPs. Went back, well no he went back to change it all but then got addicted to the gambling 
that it was because he is at his core an addict. That's yeah. why he turned away from his daughter. I think they could play with that, man. If you, know? you did it in a ten year, oh fuck! If you're man, listening I think now, uh, you know this is uh, this is copyrighted. I, I, <laughs> we should do that. We should do that. Copyright but, some of these ideas, but uh, I, you know, I I think that ultimately, um, we derive a lot of our treatment of employees and treatment of workers through the property laws of animals. Yeah, and I think you and I could both agree that we need more laws that protect people we need more uh, empathy so, for living things and i need, think that yeah. that's what we need right yeah. you know i, I you'll, you'll you'll get me 100 percent on that man i uh i think that profit's a great thing i think it drives business but you can't value profit over certain things yeah and i think that you also can realize that if we expand like you don't even have to change the term you just have to expand the definition of the term profit because profit is a is a type of benefit. That's exactly it. Right? Like and who's if, profiting? Is and it if, financial? Is it systemic? Well, and you can have mental health profit, mm-hmm. right? You can actually be gaining a mental health benefit from certain actions. So we just have to... The, the problem is, is why capitalism is failing is because you can't quantify other forms of profit. We're looking at, at the scope of purely financial gain. Well, exactly, right? And that's that quantifiability of yeah. of of the things that benefit people in the world. So mm-hmm. it's hard to quantify things. Um, human emotions, human well-being is a very difficult thing to quantify. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they just put money as a placeholder for it. Yeah. But there's there's also a reason why there's those songs have been, uh, have been around and those those poems have been around of money can't uh, buy you happiness, right? But I'm happiest when I can buy what I want anytime that I want and get high when I want, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. so, like yeah. So like it, like there's a there's a reason why those lyrics have, are are immortal, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So I think that if if you want to make an effort in the animal law world, I'm not saying like uh, that vegans aren't making those efforts. They are making an effort, but that's a very individual, and it's never going to change the system. Uh-huh. So no matter how much you yell at your neighbor that what they're doing is wrong, it's not going to change that because. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, there are five layers of problems that all interconnect and it all stems from the top. Mm. If you, you have to unpeel every layer in order to uncover people's incentives for what they're doing. Yeah. I'm not like, do I like meat? A hundred percent. Do, are there vegetables I love? For sure. It is more difficult for me to keep produce in my fridge than it is for me to keep proteins in my fridge in terms of how long they last, how, how, how easy it is to produce them and all of that. At the end of the day, it's easier to eat meat and it fills me up faster and i don't have the time or the energy to seek new ways of doing this is the thing i don't understand and this is this is like my next level skip the dishes idea we're paying people to work in restaurants you know they're used to having all of the produce provided to them you give them a menu and they cook yeah they're making 15 an hour why can't you just have that in your house. Well, this is what... So I've thought that this has been... A, so the, the the meal kit industry started in 2007. Yeah, but the problem and, is with meal kits is you still don't have time to make them. But here's here's the interesting thing. So actually, in the case, in, in some cases, some people will have that time. But actually, like his, it depends on what you're talking about making them. Like uh, the, well, it the depends microwave... How, it depends how pre-made the meal yeah, kits Yeah, exactly, are. right? Like, is this just like they're giving you the tomatoes and they're like, here's a recipe for tomato soup? Or are they giving you like the tomato soup and they're like, heat this up? There's well, two different preps. Right? 100%. What I think actually what we can do is we can actually convert most restaurants into 
um, like basically community kitchens in the sense that uh, the grocery stores should be working in tandem with the restaurants and the food, the soup kitchens and the uh, and the um, the food banks in order to provide on the most efficient scale ever. Because like in the United States, they have a 40 percent food waste. 40% of their food that's produced is wasted. That's, that's disgusting. That Yeah. That's disgusting. It's insanity, right? And but 25% of their children don't know that we're the source of their next meal. 40% food waste, 25... Like, so if capitalism is about efficiency, then they're not... They, they, then capitalism... No, I agree. Like, that's they, not they efficient. It's not efficient, right? Yeah. Like, it's not... They've gone beyond the efficiency, and now it's that bottom line efficiency that they want where you're no longer serving enough Yeah, people. it's going to take someone's time. we got to pay someone to figure well, this out. Well, I need some shit to break, so we can't out. serve everybody, yeah. right? I need, I need you to buy three of these, so instead of instead of producing three of them affordably, I'm going to produce three of them very expensive yeah. but make them break very quickly. Or instead of hiring someone for 45 a year to figure out where all this food waste is going to go, we're just going to throw it out. Exactly. So what yeah. I think is you actually you make the restaurants into the meal kit industry. Mm-hmm. So they actually sell you their meal kits as well, and then you can make them at home, right? But it, it would be a holistic thing. So by saving the time of having to go to the grocery store, so let's say you spend an hour a week, I think that's pretty generous to say at the grocery store. Yeah, an hour, right? two hours, yeah. Right? So if you can make an average of, te- or spend an average of then 10 minutes per day making your meal, you're roughly, uh, your time value is the same, Right. These companies are now more efficient in providing you uh, the the food, right? Um, if you have, uh, if you're really good with your your uh, your shipping, your distribution, your logistics side of things, you're actually reducing the amount of uh, of gas consumption for vehicles for going out and going grocery shopping. You're reducing plastic uh, waste in terms of the bags being reused. So there's a way of actually becoming more efficient and still using existing infrastructure. So these these local businesses and then actually double dip, right? Oh, you want it cooked for you? Cool. Here's uh, it's 50% more, right? You don't want it cooked? Cool. This is how much it costs, right? Mm-hmm. And and you can have two options, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what like Papa John's has been doing that forever. That's their business model. Yeah. Right? So it's not like it's a it's an unheard of business model. It's it, businesses have been doing it for a long time. Uh, like, East Side you, Mario's, you get a free lunch, yeah. you know, free lunch bag. Yeah, exactly. Dinner right? and lunch. But like yeah. those par bakes are, are always the, the ones but, like, yeah, like you save a few bucks for a par bake. That's what I'm saying, man. Like there there has to be a limit to how much we value just profit of finance. You know, like I, I agree that that should be the goal, but ultimately it should be government that steps in and says... We also need to value human life. Yeah. We also don't need fucking fourteen-year-olds working until eleven p.m. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't say they shouldn't work. If they want to work, they, they should. And you're going to argue that no, that's if not they a choice, can, if there's a, if but, you can actually show me a scenario what, where the word want actually can be uh, demonstrated in a way that isn't manipulated. Because to me, like this, this argument just for context for the listeners was I'd sent uh, Evan and Adam an, uh, an article coming out of Wisconsin about how Wisconsin governors uh, had been petitioned and lobbied by um, the businesses there to allow 14 year olds to work until 11 p.m. when they had previously been legislated till like eight or nine. Yeah. And it was because they have worker shortages because they have some of the worst fucking uh, pay yeah, rates in, in the country. Guy is such a fuck. Well, yeah, he's a douche about it. I don't. Yeah. I, I never like. To on, honestly, I don't give a fuck who's presenting me but, the information. But, I want the information. Yeah, no, for sure. But you also got to take into account that the society's given you 
And, you know, you want an example. I'll, I'll give myself as an example. I started working when I was around that age, maybe younger. And I did it because I wanted to save. I wanted to, you know, have the money and, you know, have the money to buy a car and have the money to, you know, not rely on someone, just be, be able to buy what I want. But know? that was, and, but more specifically to not rely on your parents, right? Which is likely... Well, that's how I was brought up. 100%. So yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. Like we, we, I started like, so I was helping my parents deliver newspapers when I was like seven as, or no, probably closer to like nine. Um, but then, yeah, I was working uh, I, my first job when I was 15, I think, 14, something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I'm not saying that I'm not cut from the same cloth. What I'm saying is that if you actually explore your emotions, your underlying incentives, for me at least, and I'll speak to myself and why I think it was probably the same, is I, I watched my parents struggle to give us everything that we we wanted. So, uh, and they, they were struggling in terms of how much work they had to put in. And so my want wasn't to work. My want was for them to struggle less. And so I went to work to achieve that end You goal. saw that at such a young age? Of course. I mean, I think that like it, it like i grew up in a very interesting one like i grew up in vancouver but with like we were very 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 low low income for the surrounding area right like i've mentioned before that like you know my, my for how hard working they are it's not like my parents came from like a very educated or wealthy past and and like um and so they i i what i was surrounded by was people who have you know like country club memberships quite literally like the mm -hmm. hollyburn country club was almost every single uh person that i went to school with i uh, was mem a member at a club that cost forty five thousand dollars a year to be a member with like that's that's how much my, my my family was bringing in early on in my childhood so like that that was not a possibility so i guess the reason why it was easier for me to spot these things was because i would go to like my friend brad's house and he lives in a in a mansion they have no international students there they have name brand everything um and the parents have like this more hoity-toity kind of approach with their kids where they're actually they don't seem to have that culture where they love them as much i was very fortunate that like almost having to struggle made it so that we were closer. We had to grow together, right? We had to work together and we were a very tight knit family. We still are. But I, I think I noticed it mostly because of the opposites that I got to observe in my life all the time, where all of the people around me were very, very privileged people. I, I, I can agree with that. Right. I grew up with a lot of privilege around and me because too. you come up from a military background. I thought that maybe that would be very similar as to what you know, would have motivated you. And I maybe you just didn't un uncover those layers. I don't know. It, it mo motivated me how I mean to work. Or, yeah. Yeah. You know. Like in terms of like there was, there was probably another ideal for you because of that military background and also military being largely like Protestant uh, influenced is that hard work makes you a good person. Well, so there's almost mm, like, mm. That, That's interesting because that like Protestantism has always been uh, credited for that the expansion and the successful expansion of capitalist ideals in the mm. U.S. because it was all about put your labor if you're so the 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 caption was always idle hands do the devil's work right that was what uh, uh, church members and pastors and priests would always push mm -hmm. their their uh, their members through uh, the last century well in the United I, States. I i i didn't have a religious upbringing at no all, i don't but, think so but... uh you know the, the, i get what you're saying yeah um i think for me it was just you know i i grew up seeing the differences yeah you know um 
as much as St. Albert was and is uh, an affluent community, you know, and it's a bubble for sure, yeah. you know, compared to even parts of Edmonton, it's totally a bubble. But, you know, I had, uh, my, my father really kind of pushed uh, Eric and I to, to work uh, hard at what we want to be. Yeah. And, you know, his influence did come in and, you know, push me in the right direction sometimes. And, you know, sometimes in a direction I didn't want to go, like engineering. I, I didn't really want to do that. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, it was portrayed to me. And I, I this is kind of why I'm solid in my beliefs to this day, that there's, there's, there's really two groups of people. You know, there's the, the groups of people, uh, the, sorry, the group of people, uh, that, uh, understand that this isn't fair, understand that they're not going to get what they deserve, but work as hard as they can to get what they can. And they're going to work on themselves and they're going to care about themselves and they're going to be selfish and they're going to get painted as that. And then there's the other group of people that have the skills, have the intelligence, have the same setup as, you know, the other side but they want to share it. And ultimately it's that debate of, I don't think humans have ever shared and ever will. And that's probably what's going to be our downfall. And you being on the other side saying, no, it absolutely can be fair. And when you say that we're throwing away 40% of our food to food waste and we're doing all these inefficient things, I completely agree with you. They're completely inefficient, but yeah. they're happening for a reason. Yeah, they're happening for profit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? Like, because you have to suppress... Like, the, this was the De Beers part that I didn't get into last week because we noticed Adam's broken arm. But, uh, but like, when you artificially reduce the amount of product out there, because it's all about supply and demand, right? Or at least that's, that's the early stage capitalism is about supply and demand. Now it's about... Uh, controlling supply and demand which we kind of talked about with sneakerheads right and how mm -hmm. they they artificially control that de beers does that too they own 98 percent of all all diamond mining operations in the world yeah and so they they are like oh we'll only reduce you know or 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 uh send out to the market you know x amount of these diamonds making it so that the market doesn't have uh access to this giant pool of diamonds the nice thing with diamonds is they never go bad so de beers doesn't really have a an ethical qualm other than the <laughs> fucking slavery that they're that they impose on people to get that shit but the food side of things that stuff goes bad and so like as a restaurant like prices should get cheaper as the night goes later into a restaurant in terms of like as it gets 11 o'clock the food you're using is is slowly going to be no longer viable to the next day. It should be getting cheaper and cheaper because supply and demand. Like, and then restaurants should be running out, but they now overproduce that so they can never run out, and then they can throw away whatever they didn't have. So they actually then what they have mm. to do is factor in how much they're going to throw away, and then charge those people up front that extra price in order to make it so that they're no longer losing money on what they're tossing out, or losing money on sales they're missing because they don't have the. Because because they don't have it, which really that's the problem. We need to allow them to lose the money on the sales they ha they they're missing because they don't have the product. But they have to then be tight, right? They have to be tight with their systems, right? But that's what we mean in terms of efficiency. But yeah, but you you never know when the hockey team is going to come in and eat you out of wings. But that the nice thing about that is that actually then puts the onus on the hockey team to call ahead of time, right? Like, because then they can plan. What it does. But what I've found in that's COVID not the consumer's times, job. 
But it actually it kind be. of is now. It should be. It kind and of I is now. Like in COVID saying. times, we're starting to see that where, yeah. where stores have, have imposed new things like appointment only things. Like if you go to a vet clinic now, you can't go in. You yeah. have to have an appointment and then you have to call from the outside. Wait till them to come pick up your animal. You have to have all like so oh, there. But, but if you don't do all of that and you show up there, sure, you can look like a Karen yelling at them, but you're the idiot who didn't call ahead. You didn't plan ahead. So the consumer actually does have that imposed on them. Mm -hmm. It's just... No, you're right. Like, so we can do it. We can impose a more efficient model on consumers. It's just not profitable, right? In the short term, it's profitable in the long term. And again, that word profit again, is it financially profitable or is it profitable to all of society because it makes things more efficient and more people get served? Yeah. No, right. and you're right about the food waste, man. Like, like it's horrible. It's it's, it's, a, it's a tragedy, and it 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 needs to be solved. I mean, the the fact that we can feed everybody but choose not to, yeah, you know, and it's not with food that anyone's going to make money on anyway. Yep. I mean, we we throw away like a quarter of crops because they don't look right. Yep. They taste the same. Yep. You can do shit with them, but oh, that that apple's got a weird bulb thing on the side it's like well now is marketing we <laughs> were taught to actually like so there's there are hundreds of species of apple that aren't even on the market like oh, that, I, I, and, I know i know and, and it's and, and then you, when you go to those places that have them oh my god you're like what is this is the most amazing thing i've ever had in my life why can't i get these right and well oh, they take three percent more water to manufacture and they're too expensive yeah that's into their margins or they or they only ship well for three days <laughs> or whatever right yeah so that but but that's like we need to change what efficiency means. We need to change what profit means. I think you and I need to have a discussion on efficiencies and systems. Yeah. You know, because I think that would be a really interesting uh, discussion because I, I, I try to bring the right side into it to make it efficient. Yeah. Whereas you try to bring the left side into it to make it fair. And I think that's honestly. Because nothing's what needs efficient to if it's not fair, and nothing's fair if it's not efficient. Exactly. Right? So, like, that's. That's the beauty of it. And what I've kind of been trying to like hint at, like last week I was saying, like I, I tried to hint at it. I was like, I don't want socialism. Logically, we need to work together. Uh -huh. I feel like that's really where I'm coming to is like, I don't want any system. Yeah. No system is freedom. But logically, <laughs> logically, the best system is going to be one where I have more than freedom. Yeah. I have I have things that I can expect. Yeah. That's actually a uh, I'm, I, you, entitlement doesn't have to be a bad thing you should actually be able to say i'm entitled to water i'm entitled to air and i'm entitled to a fucking warm shelter mm -hmm. right that actually would be a beautiful thing and that would be more than freedom you can actually gain more than freedom if we were to actually combine these systems in a in a well thought out way yeah you know and like you said i mean if if we're using waste to supplement a lot of those freedoms yeah as you're saying like, half the fucking Stantec Tower downtown, more than half, is vacant. I don't even... Yeah, I didn't That's know That's the that. big fucking boner building they built in the Ice District. Oh, good. There, Like, you can live downtown now. Nice, like, I think one-bedroom place or whatever. I've got a buddy that's moving there, and I'm excited because... They got a hot tub party floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like supply and demand, <laughs> though. Like they, time, keep, they keep their prices at $2,000 a month. But no, Why they haven't. They've dropped their prices. But it, my question is, why don't they just let homeless live in there yeah. like that there's there's they're fucking heating the place you can also write all of that off against your corporate expenses okay you want to have a private elevator for them go for it yeah you know you want to you want to they could they've yep. got several elevators in the business yep you know like oh is it going to hold the guy on the 33rd floor from getting to the lobby a little faster sure 
Is that an inconvenience? Absolutely. But the thing is, like, and then you could reduce the the food waste from like the buffet at the at the hotel um, can just supply all of the uneaten not food just back there, there the, all the entire the ice in- district, yeah, full of restaurants, yeah, and all oh. of them every night are throwing shit out. My goodness, just deliver it right there. Yeah, but oh, we can't have those types of people living there. No, of it's, course not. But that's. That the problem is, and this is why I find like people liked our Sohi uh, conversation because we called out words like vibrancy. Can I? Can I really quick? A hundred percent. Fuck it. I think I think I forgot it. Um, Oh yeah, the thing about Squid Game, like I was saying, like the the VIPs being that close to being on the game. Yeah. One bad bet. Yeah. You know they're all betting on these human lives. It's it's the same concept. Yep. One bad move and you're homeless. And it's it's that that line is getting closer and fucking closer to the middle class these days. Oh God, yeah. The cost of groceries, the cost of heating your house, the cost of gas, the cost of cars, the cost of fucking everything. Yeah, is going up. Yeah, people don't realize how close poverty is around the corner now. Yeah, like you can't you can't fathom. Like a guy making a hundred grand when we were kids was a fucking baller. He was driving a Lincoln. He was a pimp. Yeah, a hundred grand now. Oh, well, that'll barely cover enough to live, save, and have some social life and freedom. Yeah. Because your rent and your mortgage is around two grand. Yeah. Maybe more, maybe less. Your fucking utilities, three hundred bucks minimum. Depending and then your on fucking where you're internet, too, like your you cell north, phone, and like it's all this shit you got to pay to play. Yeah. You know, and well, that's like, why it always bugs me when people say go get a job. And that's why I always say, like, imagine what goes into that. Like, you need clothing and housing and a shower and a toothbrush and a fucking education. And and you need to you need to have a printer and a laptop and a cell phone or at least a phone number. Yeah. And like the amount of things you need to do before you can even fucking drop off an application is nuts. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's it's shocking that we don't go. Well, let's make all of those things provided for. That just makes sense. Well, all those things. Could be. Yeah. Because like you said about waste, we're throwing cell phones away left, right, and center. We got to get a new one every two years. Yeah. Where are all these old fucking ones going that still work? Well, you notice too, like, like uh, Salvation Army or, um, or Goodwill or all of these places, they're all charities, right? They literally have no cost associated with what they're getting. And there are still people who can't afford to get stuff from those places. So... People are giving them clothing for free that could go to homeless people and people and children who need clothing, but because they charge for stuff that they got for free, that it's not efficiently being given to the people who actually need it at the end. What it's going to is serving the lower end of the middle class, right? So the upper end of the middle class is feeding the lower end of the middle class, but nobody's feeding the actual bottom. And like that's the pro- like so and the bottom's growing. So oh, it is. And the middle class is shrinking. So we, we're, we're starting to see fewer and fewer people getting served in general. Yeah. And it's scary. You know what scares me, man? You know the last time I saw a fucking like, good credit score? No. The last time I saw a good credit score across my desk, uh, like something over 700, I yeah. consider strong. Yeah. Last time I saw someone over 700 was before this pandemic, bro. Jeez. Like that's the one thing I've been able to do well, you know, in here is and, keep mine good. but you're not spending dough. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you are, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like you are monthly expensive, but you're shit, not going man. to buy a fucking car. You're not no. being an idiot. But the thing is like, it's like this gambling addiction thing, man. Yeah. People get caught up in the image side of this shit. Oh, yeah. Like, Oh, I have to have the new truck. I have to have, have to have, have to have. And it's, it, it, it's, 
it's disgusting because like we're basically becoming our own property mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're getting or tied to by that. our own property. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So essentially this all ties back to animal laws. Yeah. Right. Because they're technically property too. The only reason, the only difference is you chose to get the dog and the house and the car and all this other shit that makes you play in this system, the cell yeah. phone, the fucking utilities and all this other bullshit. Yeah. I think most people could scale back, but they're scared to because how it looks. But ultimately, it well, doesn't... Well, also FOMO, Who's going to judge right? you? Who's like, going to judge you? Assholes that are spending too much money anyway. Yeah, but... And that's what's keeping them poor. But not necessarily just assholes. Those assholes might be your best friend. They might be your partner. They might be your neighbor because, But that's the thing. But that's... Like... But so much of the vanity, too, was imposed on them based off of how people value themselves, right? Like... Look at American society, and it's it's unlike anywhere else in the world. Like you go to another world, uh, another country, they don't uh, define themselves by employment. But the, within the first two <laughs> questions of what you get when you talk to an uh, an American is, "What do you do?" Right? Yeah. Because that's who who are you? Mm-hmm. That's what they're asking you. Who are you? What do you do? You know, right? Someone, one of my friends way back when, his name was Justin. He broke my brain when I asked him that question. He's like, "Well, I'm a insurance adjuster." For work but i'm so many more things like i'm a baker i'm this i'm this i don't define myself and that was the first time i heard that and yeah. i was i was at a young enough age where i was like oh shit yeah you know this guy like gets it expanded it yeah. you know like mm-hmm. he gets it he's not just you know a cog in this machine and you're absolutely right a lot of people do define themselves based on how they make money yeah. and that's i think the problem with society because when you value how you make money you value how you spend it yeah. Right. And that's the that's the dumb thing. If you're making a ton of dough, you should be stacking it. You should be making more money with that money. Well, but yeah. people get caught in the game, man. They get caught in the oh, I'm making six figures. I need that luxury German. I need to look like I need like that seven hundred thousand dollar house. I need that property downtown. I need this. I need this. And I need this golf membership. And I just look at it and I'm like. Why? Well, like rappers fucking are the most why? obvious example of it because it's the, it, well, the fucking it's the hockey people. players are, bro. Football players are. Oh, yeah, football, their well, careers only last five years because they destroy their bodies. Yep. And they live like ballers, spend it all. But there's some they, rappers who only get one hit song and they spend their entire hundred grand up front on chains stupid. to look like the fucking like. And I'm stupid. not. And I'm not saying like this is uh, tied to any kind of black culture or rap not culture. At all. But I'm saying musicians in general. And tend, I'm looking at it in an economic standpoint, saying, totally. "What are you?" investing in yeah you know and this is where i don't understand like kids like kids today have the opportunity to make really quick cash but here's the thing just just for a second if who you are is what you do then investing in the image of what you do is who you are so these people i've been taught and believe that's that's something that's learned though yeah exactly that's something but, that's marketed exactly but they couldn't that. avoid that right that, that's like, true we yeah. were unique like we're the last generation that didn't have smartphones in our hands as children that's we're the, true like, man we, th- that's never gonna happen so you again. think that we had that option to buy out so we're one of those last generations that might understand that's an option yeah well and further okay. than that like that's i think that I'm, I'm one of the weird ones in terms of there's not a lot of jocks that lost their image like i'm I'm there's, a guy who, who have you like, ever been to Home Depot? No, Ask sorry, anyone but working still, there, man. Oh, when I was 21, exa- I was they never lost captain their captain of the football team. But they never lost their image. <laughs> they still hold themselves. Who who are you? I'm a football player. Yeah, that's who they are. You're working right? in the hardware department at Rona, and you're but 45. That's what they call and you're themselves. Like 
That's like, the thing. You get blinded by it. But that's their image of who they are. And to me, I think one of the reasons, one of the unique things and why I've been able to gain perspective is I've done a lot of things that should have given me an image. I'm I'm a guy who started his own business. I'm a, and, and so I should be a businessman. Or I'm a guy who played a high level of hockey and semi-pro hockey. So I'm a hockey player, which is always the identity I actually uh, like felt until I got enough serious injuries that I quite literally couldn't like the image couldn't mm-hmm. withstand my own physical injuries anymore. No. So I actually had to go, shit, am I a hockey player if I can't play hockey? Mm-hmm. Right? And so, and also, like, what is it to be a hockey player? And when you ask that question, you go, well, it's nothing. It's a culture. So, like, do I still enjoy playing the sport? Hell yeah, I do. But it was the culture of teamwork, camaraderie, and working towards a collective end goal that I actually enjoyed. I just enjoyed doing it on ice with sticks, Mm. right? So... And then the law aspect, too. Everybody bought into the image of what it is to be a lawyer. You wouldn't believe the amount of people who bought their shoes and their belts and their everything before even man, graduating. Man, like, you see it in the car business, too, man. Yeah. You know, uh, and back in the day, like... They start diff- doing blow before even the, they're even making Fuck, coke bro. money. Before, like, before, like when I started in the car biz, like this is only 10 years ago, and it was even crazier before yeah. then. Uh, you know, you, you had sales meetings on Saturdays where you had your GM bragging about how much you were making and he was paying you in cash in front of everybody yeah and that's just how it was and like the first time i was there and i saw that i was like why is it anyone's business here what you're paying me yeah you know what i do what i produce like why do i need to be why don't like but the thing is it gets you in that mentality because as soon as you get that money everybody's congratulating you you're cheered it engages that emotional side yep. and that's why there's so many drug addicts yep. so many gambling addicts so many fucking vanity Cell guys i need addicts. the fucking a armani exchange suit and the fucking harry rosen this and the rolex that like think and about the social addictions just, now of instagram i have to take a photo of my food before i can thing. eat it like what what happened to just being quiet about that shit yeah. i mean what happened to just getting your paycheck and saving a bit and then spending the money? Because the, it the goes thing into is, the image of who you are. That's exactly it. And that's why I'm saying, like, we both agree that in order for society to kind of take that move forward, we need to understand that the ego has no place in, like, a financial secure system. Yeah. I mean, like, if, if, it, if it didn't matter what kind of car you drove... We'd be driving the ones that would be easy to fix. Yep. But because there's this competition, which I think is great, but it's directed in the wrong way. It's directed to the way of profitability. It's not directed to the way of customer satisfaction. Sustainability or longevity. And that would be customer satisfaction. Yeah. Ultimately. Having your fucking Tesla. I had a buddy that just bought one of these things. Okay. He bought a Model X. I'm not going to say his name. Uh, Literally took delivery of it, drove it home. Uh, and he thinks he hit a pothole on the way home. Guy lives in Calgary, okay? Yeah. Uh, goes to start his car the next morning, system shut down, right? System shut down. So he calls Tesla, having just bought the car, had like 63 kilometers on it. Hey, guys, my uh, Tesla's having an issue. Can you guys come pick it up? No roadside assistance. No, he had to pay for his own fucking tow truck to get the thing there. Mm-hmm. Even though they say, oh, well, we got this warranty and that, when there was a problem, he had to tow it, yeah. right? And that's 300 bucks. Now, the vehicle gets there. They uh, do an inspection. Oh, one of your battery cells is damaged, uh, so we need to get a whole new battery for the bottom of the vehicle. 
because it's a fire hazard or whatever the fuck, right? Yeah. These are all made in Korea. And as you know, with the shipping issue or whatever you want to call it and whatever it truly is, I mean, we can get into that. Supply chain breakdown. Yeah, yeah. What, sure. It's just a reason to fucking charge more and slow things down so they can create scarcity and profit out of nothing. We're still getting deliveries of cars. We, yep. we are. Uh, the, the, the system hasn't changed. No. Nope. The fact of the matter is the smart people like you and I are playing out. Yep. We're, we're saying, I don't need the fancy new shit. I yeah. don't, I, well, I can... we're seeing what happens. Yeah, like, exactly. But it's, it's the dumb people or the people that absolutely are desperate. Um, and, and it's unfortunate. But, it, like, he, the, okay, to go back to my buddy, uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to say his name. I keep stopping myself. They said it was about a six-month wait to get this battery. He's on a two-year lease on this fucking cocksucking car. Jesus. So... For literally a quarter of his lease, he's not going to have a car. He's not going to have the car. And they said, no worries, we're going to put you into a demonstrator model while this work's all going under and everything else. But the payments are still coming out of his bank. Yeah. And he needs to pay the insurance on this demonstrator vehicle they gave him. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just a nightmare. And, like, that's the way it's going. Because, obviously, having a car that they could just fix then and there... That's not popular. That's not Tesla. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting that you said like sustainability, reliability is is what the end consumer wants. And I find it interesting that we both know that and we know the system isn't producing what the end consumer wants. But that what, what the system does is it goes, we're not going to give them that, but we'll give them speed and then we're going to market them that the speed is better than what they wanted. So, right? Like that's can't basically- break a speed limit. Why do you need a car that can go 400 fucking kilometers exactly. an hour? So that's that's what I find so interesting is that they can like that they've managed to convince us and that that is better. Ceramic disc brakes are great on the Nuremberg track. Yeah, they weigh next to nothing. They can break a car super fast. But you go over one fucking pothole in this city, and you need an entire fucking front axle. Yeah, like it's just we need to build vehicles. We need to build things around the climate and the conditions that we're in. Yeah. And this is why like. To tie this again back to animal rights, if we're property of the things we purchase, and this is what keeps us in the system, we always go to the lowest common denominator, which at this point is animals. It used to be slaves, which yep. wasn't great um, at all, uh, but now it's animals. Yep. We're essentially pushing that slavery onto animals. And now we're and also potentially doing that's with exactly AI. It. As we push this AI in, who's going to be at the bottom? Yeah. An intelligent, a, a hyper intelligent thing that can make decisions faster than you can blink, or a human being that can have faults. Exactly. And we're giving these things sentience, and we're not giving the animals that literally got us to this point any protection, know, any, or any protection credit? at all. No. Yeah. We're, and we're, we're going to be the cattle, bro. We are, and that's that's like we're 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 several steps from being the inefficient human batteries of the matrix but i find like <laughs> the uh it's not it, it, here here's the thing i i thought this through the other day what if it's all just a facade what if they think that what if the matrix is still part of the program oh yeah it probably and, could and, be. and here's the thing i mean it's a grand cycle yeah that's all it is you know uh what if this is all a simulation what if you're you're you choosing to listen to this You've done this millions of times. Well, that's the statistical probability analysis where um, once you've created uh, the scenario in which you can create a realistic simulated world, 
all that you have to uh, do is plug in the likelihood on a probability metric that yours is one of those simulated worlds because mm-hmm. there would only be then theoretically so one real essentially, one. Essentially, as processing power increases, uh, the ability of these machines to make these um, uh, statistical games play out, because that's yeah. uh, that's ultimately what they do. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the, the more technology that exists, the more these things can imagine, you know, and they don't like risk. Computers are ones and zeros, yes or no. Right. But in order to kind of account for the risk, it would need to make a human based system to understand it. Yeah. So who knows, man? Maybe this is all just a simulation. Maybe we're living in what a robot's trying to figure out in an equation. What's going to happen? Yeah. And it wouldn't make, like, I mean, I think that, yeah, it wouldn't really change how you live. So I Not mean, at all. it's possible. I think that just to kind of wrap it up with a bow, because we got to tie it up. Um, and kind of like you touched on bringing it back to animal law. And also I like how you said we got to, we got to actually subvert the ego with certain things as we switch to what I think is our next system. Um, I think that further to that, actually it ties in perfectly. It's the only distinction that we make between what we consider to be our level of sentience and what animals uh, um, think and feel and how they think and feel is exactly that. It's ego, right? We actually value our mental capacity above that of another animal, another living thing, Mm -hmm. and we do it based off of flawed data sets, right? What we Mm -hmm. can produce, what we can't, can't produce, and what we can do, like... There, there's a reason why we've shoved honeybees to the side for so long. These tiny little things. Who mm-hmm. gives a fuck? Who mm-hmm. gives a fuck? Well, now we're like, oh shit! Our entire global agriculture can collapse without honeybees. And this is the problem. Like, we're giving sentience to computer systems. We already gave it to corporations too. This is the next step. This is how it's going to end. And yeah. it's it's it, it that that's it. Well, an incorporated AI I mean, will be the most terrifying thing ever. AI, once it understands how humans work, will look at history, and all through history, all we've done is enslave and use. Yeah. Right. So, in order to get the most out of us, what do you think it's going to do? AI models yep. run what goes in front of your face every day on. Well, Facebook. I know you don't have uh, the the Disney Plus channel, but mm-hmm. if you watched Marvel's What If, you mm-hmm. would have already seen that uh, play out. I. Yeah, maybe yeah. Uh, maybe you give it. me your logins there. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't even have. I don't have any of those. Those are all Sarah. But yeah. Hit Anyways, we got to wrap her up because I got to go. But uh, and I think you do too. I got to get. Yeah, I got to get going. But this well, was a long, a long Wednesday special. I think next week we should actually talk about some of the mental side of things. What different? Because we talked about the legal and the conceptual stuff of like property and animal. But I think what was interesting is the differences the very minute differences into how we value ourselves and what it is that our brains make call sentiency and how the courts have dealt with that in the past, because there have been people who have gone to courts and shown like, this is how animals build stuff. Like they, they come out, they're more than sentient. They feel pain. They feel like there, there was a, a an extinction of a specific type of, um, of a toucan that was uh, native to North America, the only toucan that was native to North America, but they were known uh, for exhibiting massive amounts of empathy. So what happened was in the 20s, the people were just marveling at their empathy. So they would shoot a bird out of the tree and the birds wouldn't fly away. They would all start squawking and crying about the dead bird, leaving them exposed to be shot. And then people were just constantly shooting these birds out of these trees going, look, look at them. They're all just fucking crying over them. And then you kill them all and they're all gone. 
Like it's it's uh it's so interesting how we prey on empathy, the one thing that we actually need to try and better the system going forward. So we actually have to correct for more empathy, not less of it. And yeah. um yeah, I think on that note we'll tie it up and just uh just don't forget if you got an animal in your life, give them a hug because uh they've given you more undying love than you could ever imagine. That's right, bird in the hand. Yeah. All right. Have a great Wednesday, guys. We'll see you on Friday. <laughs>